friends, and welcome to the CU Insight Network podcast. My name is Lauren Culp. I'm the publisher and CEO at CUinsight.com. And it's my job on the show to have conversations with all of the thought leaders who support the credit union community. We get to spend time together and identify those issues that affect credit unions, talk about best practices so that we can all learn from one another and improve our credit unions. My guest on today's show is Bill Gould. He's the Executive Vice President at Securian Financial. We're thrilled to have him here. Bill, thanks so much for taking the time. Oh, thank you. I really appreciate it. Now, most of us didn't grow up thinking that we get to work with credit unions. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I didn't even know what credit unions were (laughs) when I started working at one. But I'm curious, what did you want to be growing up? So interesting story on that one. I come from a long line of jewelers. Father, uncles, brothers, grandfather, great great grandfather, all jewelers. Wow. And so that was kind of the family business. And during high school, I decided I was like, oh, you know, I actually am kind of interested in the language of business. So I I got into accounting. So I I first went from the jewelry side into the business side through accounting and then found my way into insurance and ultimately into the kind of the financial institution and credit union marketplace. So it it was an interesting journey as I worked my way through different things to to end up here. That is amazing. Do you do any hobby jewelry on the side or are you totally out of that business? (laughs) No, I still have have a brother that's in it and a cousin that are in it. So um, what I will tell you is they constantly remind me what wonderful deals I get, but I do tell you, I, I my <laughs> wife benefits greatly from those relationships. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, and you alluded to it a little bit, but what was the journey like then? You, you mentioned you're interested in maybe like the business language, the accounting side. What was the yeah. journey really like to this current role now as, as you worked your way to executive vice president at Securian? Yeah. So I, I started at, uh, back then it was Minnesota Mutual, right out of college. I went to the University of Minnesota. I w- started in our accounting team. I actually back then supported what we called our financial institution group as one of the business lines I was in. I, I took a couple of tours. I, uh, I spent five years in our mergers and acquisitions team, really understanding and, and learning more about what that looks like. I spent nine years as the CFO of our retail division. Before seven years ago, coming into this financial institution business and really getting in so much deeper with our credit union clients and the industry that we have and, and kind of the direction that we're going. Wow, what what a journey. That That's so cool to hear about. I especially love hearing too. I, I feel like all of those different elements have really led to, to the wealth of knowledge you have today in this role. And so for Securian specifically, what's that elevator pitch that you would give folks about what you do and, and where Securian really adds value for credit unions? Yeah. And so we're really here to help credit unions with their, you know, providing important protection and products to their members. We we think we serve kind of an important niche inside of what that looks like. We've been in this marketplace at Securian for over 60 years. And so we're long stead in this business. Kind of an interesting story. So our CEO, Chris Hilger, his mother, if you ever get to meet Chris, his mom was actually a claims examiner at Minnesota Mutual back in the 70s. Wow. Got a picture of her annual statement. And she paid claims to credit unions and financial institutions across the US. Likes the business so much, she picks up those three kids, kind of moves them across the country, uh, starts her own business in Carmel, Indiana, serving the needs of the credit union marketplace. Wow. The, those three boys eventually buy that business. And then I was part of the team that acquired Allied Solutions almost uh, nine years ago, kind of brought it back. So one difference at Securing Financial is Unlike other companies where serving the credit union is one of things that gets tacked onto others, at, at Securian, it's a core to what we do. 
Mm. And I, I really have that kind of support all the way up to the corner office here. So a Fortune 500 company that really has a focus and, uh, and really tradition and history in serving the credit union marketplace. Wow, well, that is such a great story. I, <laughs> I love to hear that personal element too of uh, your CEO's mom. And especially, you know, in today's environment, I think having that partner that's credit union focused that can really provide protections like securing offers is really invaluable for, for credit unions for their members. And I'd love to dig into that a little bit more. Can you tell us more? How does securing really serve as the, that reliable and impactful partner to credit unions that, they're, that they really need? Yeah, so we're not unlike what a credit union is, we're a mutual company. So we are here for the benefit of our policyholders. So we really look to make sure that we think about what that end member experience looks like. (laughs) So making products simple and valuable and changing with the needs of the times to really provide that protection. We have absolutely seen that here during COVID. Whereas an organization, we've paid out an extra billion dollars in claims to consumers across all our business lines. And that personal kind of touch, that's over 18,000 families that we've been there when they needed us the most. And so we're really proud of that heritage. The company's been around for over 140 years. And we think it's one of those things that really does make us different. And we really try to make sure, not unlike what the credit union is there, we're there when members need us. Absolutely. That, that's so fantastic to hear about the claims you've paid out, the ways that you've been supporting members and their families over the last 100 plus years. And so I'm curious, you know, you mentioned that you, there's some um, insurance products and things like that for credit union members. Now, I, I came from a credit union background myself, and I'm curious, I worked in lending for a couple of years. Is there a way, sometimes loan officers that can be kind of hesitant to, to sell these additional products because so, sales sometimes feels like a bad word. <laughs> and yeah. so what, what do you do to really help credit unions help their loan officers understand the value of these products so that it makes them easier to talk about naturally? Well, and I think that's such a great point because it's not something that we even talk about as an industry a lot, but we're really, we believe it's super important that you bring together that and kind of an omni-channel experience, even for the loan officers. So I'm a big seven times seven ways. So we do training. We make sure that we have brochures. We try to really, we, we do focus groups to help us understand what it is a loan officer is going through because putting ourselves in their shoes really helps us make sure that we tailor things back to them. And then I'm a storyteller, if you haven't caught on to that one. That's another thing we really try to make sure that we bring together. And there is nothing more powerful for a loan officer than hearing how some of the products they sell are so important, whether or not that's helping someone save their car or not have to worry when they become unemployed or, you know, that, you know, in the, in, in the ultimate situations where someone may be able to save their house or some of the other things, this is where those protection products can really come to play. And I, I don't think there's any better way to train than to actually hear that from some of the the claimants. Either that sometimes happens at the credit union or sometimes it's things that we bring back as part of training. Absolutely. Those stories can be so critical. I think a lot of times the storytelling is what sticks with you. You know, like the facts and the statistics are great, but they don't always translate later on. But but remembering that story is so powerful. And that's where, you know, the ones that have struck home the most, some of our best trainers are are those that have that personal experience because right. Or, or we're in roles like yours where they're like, well, actually, I remember, um, you know, when I was there, when someone lost a loved one and we could, we could be there for them instead of trying to solve it in different ways. Absolutely. It really repositions sort of the idea of like sales of some of these insurance products to more of like meeting members needs and making sure that they're well protected and well taken care of. 
And then Lauren, the other one too is changing with the times. I think if COVID has taught us anything, you know, it has helped all of us remember how important it is that you have some of those protections. And sometimes it's layering it in to make sure that you're really, that people are situated, their families are protected no matter what might come. And that's where some of our products, in particular, those that offer those different kind of coverages, it's not just if you pass away, but if you become unemployed or disabled or some of the other events that we cover, really important to to be able to have that broad protection. That is so true. Uh, Well, and, you know, as things change with credit unions, I think we've started to see more and more credit unions maybe partnering with some different organizations, different vendors out there, even different fintechs to help them kind of find some different things to serve their members in in ways that maybe the credit union can't do that in-house. And I know you are really passionate about the opportunity for partnering with fintechs too. And so I'm curious... There's a big opportunity for credit unions. I know you're passionate about innovation, about what fintechs can offer. Do you have any insights you can share with our listeners as it relates to where fintechs really fit in for credit unions? Yeah. And and we are at Securian a really active player in this in two main ways. Uh, I was lucky enough uh, this summer to speak at a conference. We actually sponsor in the Twin Cities and an accelerator. Uh, we partner with Allianz Life. It's called On Approach and on ramp, and we really make sure that we're looking to try to find things that fit our ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And it was a great way. We get the opportunity to speed date with fintechs and try to understand what it is. I do think for all of our our credit unions that are out there, this is one of those unique. They approach business so completely different than we do. At a recent conference I was at, we got to listen to one of the founders um, uh, talk about how they started Venmo, and uh, it wow. was fascinating. They were in New York two people, one of them had forgotten their wallet in Philadelphia. And come the end of the weekend, one of the two people had to pay for everything. And they're like, boy, wouldn't it be nice if I didn't have to send you a check or try to remember how much it was next time? And and it is amazing how fintech just uh, fintechs approach problems in a different set. Here's the upside. They are also always looking for partners and credit unions have such great access they're also looking for value adds. And so sometimes it's trying to figure out what problem you're trying to solve or what opportunity do you take advantage of. I've really found that's a, that is just an awesome way to do it. And they bring such different approaches to the way that we may not see something that's out there. Absolutely. I, I've also heard too that fintechs are used to moving quickly. <laughs> In a past life, we were, we were getting to work with some different fintech leaders and they were like, well, what do you mean it's going to take the credit union a year to roll this product out? We, we're used to doing it in a month. <laughs> are we? And, and that's my favorite. And they're rolling out. Well, it's okay if it has bugs, Lauren. We'll take that in the next one. Yeah, no. Well, right. So it's finding those spots. And then the other one, you know, and we also have an innovation lab here at Securian that, that we use to help kind of find some of those solutions. What's most interesting is depending on what part of the process you're focused on, you may be willing to go faster and learn. If it's something like financial wellness, it's okay. You can get out there and kind of move things through. Back to yours. If it's your core, if it's touching your core platform, you're like, well, no, that's going to take a lot more QA testing and we're going to have to cycle that through. And so I think that is where we bring such great breath to someone that and they may be working at a fintech that just is looking to kind of go fast and understand what those differences are and really try to hone in on how to get it done. Absolutely. Well, there's so many opportunities for credit unions with fintechs and then and so cool to see the ways that you all have been working with a lot of them too. I want to switch gears for a minute though and talk talk leadership and talk people. I know as an executive at Securian, you've got to have some good insights. 
how do you help hire and train the right people? How do you help maintain maybe a productive and engaged team, especially right now with the great resignation that we're seeing, so many people switching jobs. Feels like every week I'm I'm getting an email that someone's moving on or there's a new contact here. So what are your thoughts in, in terms of hiring and training the right people and keeping them on your team? That it seems like a really timely question with everything that's going on. The one thing I've had for my career is an approach to it. I see myself as a talent scout. Mm. So constantly looking and scanning the environment, both internally and externally, looking for people that are looking for more, where we have things that are lined up really well. Maybe do we, do we have people that aren't as positioned as well and we should try something different. So we really kind of take that talent scout approach. But I think there are other two key fundamentals to making this work. And one of those is, uh, is relationships. So one thing we always look for is someone that's able to find a way to manage relationships for any role you have relationships, you know, internally and externally become really critical. It also is a way to put yourself in the other person's shoes. Um, So, so that's a key one. And then the other one is culture. So we are really thoughtful about hiring for culture at Securian and that's integrity. I'm a big fan of grit. So that get in and get it done. And then also not settling. So, and it's really hard right now where, like you said, there's a tougher laboring market, but really thinking about your team dynamics can play off for the long term, making sure that what you're pulling together is a really strong team instead of just looking at it as individual contributors. Those, those are the things that have really paid off for us. And, and actually I'm blessed right now. I really have a great team that we're going from. And, and while it's taking us longer to hire some people, we're also still remaining disciplined and, and some of the ads we've had most recently are people I'm really excited to have added in. That's so cool. Well, the, this is a question we, we didn't put in the script, but I'm curious from, from your perspective, is there working from home versus working in the office? Is there a preference on your team? Yeah. Well, and I am actually in the office today. We're, we're hybrid. I think, I think one thing most people can recognize is the one thing that COVID has taught us is it's really nice to have the ability to have some choices and drive things. But then on the flip side for us, the one thing that we have found, where, where, where does it make sense to come together is there are just some things that are challenging virtually. Uh, strategy work, really mm-hmm. tough to do remotely. I, I will tell you some of the, you know, team building still has its place. And, and I don't know about you, but I quickly became tired of the online uh, happy hours. I was like, yeah, yes. I'm like, I'm not so interested in drinking my booze in front of everyone else. It was like, <laughs> I'm much more happy to, to meet in person. The right. other one though, too, is crisis management or, mm-hmm. or really exploring opportunities and operations. There's still a great place for where things can be together, but it, it's where that collaboration really wins. It, it certainly isn't something that's needed every day without having those pieces kind of fit. Right, right. Yeah, the CU Insight team has been all remote for it was a couple of years prior to COVID that we got rid of our office, but we find the same thing, you know, the strategy work, the team building makes it worth it for us to all meet up in person at least a couple times a year, if not more. So we, we've seen the same as well. Yeah, when there's no need to force those things. I, what we've also found is once people get that, they're like, oh, yeah, this is energizing. And so- right. Absolutely. Well, as we sort of look to the future, the the world is changing really quickly. I know the economy is on everyone's mind right now, inflation, you know, we've got all these changes in the workforce and the market there. But I'm curious, what are those new trends that you're seeing really emerging in financial services? And what is Securian's focus for the road ahead? Oh, great question. And we're actually just kind of coming through um, a bit of a new strategy session as we look forward. One of the things that we are really focused on 
is that we think that change is going to continue to accelerate. And Mm. that may be somewhat speaking the obvious, but if you think about it in terms of technology or what people are looking for or the way that, uh, you know, what the expectations are, we think that rate of change is going to continue to increase. And so making sure we build flexible systems and, and we are thoughtful about how we align that for our teams, perhaps in the short term. Uh, there's also a little bit more over how do we get ready for whatever the economy does throw at us. I think we're all expecting that to be a bit more of a roller coaster. And so I know it's Kyrian. That means making sure we have div- diversification and a broad enough product set that is really fitting the needs for what our customers and clients need in the moment. So I, I think staying flexible and keeping those up to date and having that broad set, because I think this is a tough time to predict, but it's a better time to prepare. Absolutely. Well, uh, as we wrap up the show here, I think that that's so many good insights for credit union leaders and the pace of change truly has never been so quick so quick before, but but it's really exciting to see the ways that we can kind of be ready and, and pivot and, and change with the times. But as we wrap up the show, I'd like to have some fun with uh, rapid fire questions. Let our listeners get to know you a little bit better. We say the questions are rapid. Your answers don't have to be. So Bill, if you are ready, we can dive right in. Oh, yeah. All right. What is a recent purchase you didn't know you needed that's just become something you can't live without? Well, we are like the roughly 20 million other Americans that during COVID decided what a great time to buy another puppy. So (laughs) if I were at home, you would see Bentley, our little Shih Tzu Maltese that we got during COVID running around the house, always kind of barking at every Amazon or post office delivery that (laughs) happened outside the door. Uh, But, you know, uh, our second dog and has just been absolutely so great. And uh, that said, uh, when we did start coming a little bit more back into the office or I have uh, I have four children, three of them are off at college now. It's amazing how the dog follows us around ever so more than they used to looking like, where's all the people? What's going on? Why am I not the center of attention? <laughs> uh, our co-founder, Randy Smith, likes to say Pelotons and puppies were the things yeah. everyone bought in 2020. I'm guilty of getting the Peloton, but the puppy was on my list too. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. The poor dog doesn't know uh, where everybody went. <laughs> yeah, what happened? We, everyone was home during these times, <laughs> even my uh, college students. Oh, too funny. All right, Bill, when you hear the word success, who's the first person that comes to mind for you and why? I kind of gave this one away a little bit before, you know, I would have to say my father who Mm -hmm. was a jewelry, you know, a small business owner. And I watched my dad work so hard through good times and bad. I do think it's taught me so many things about that entrepreneurial spirit and that grit. I always love to tell people our family vacations growing up in the good years, they were in New York, San Francisco or Toronto. In the bad years, they were the twin cities or or making a trip down to Des Moines for the jewelers conventions, because they always had to be tied to a jewelers convention. <laughs> right, so right. It's just the question as to whether or not we stayed in the Midwest or we actually got to go somewhere different. That's too funny. Oh, well, I love that. I think uh, we learn a lot from our parents. So that, that's a great uh, person to think of when you hear the word success. All right, random question for you. What are you listening to most right now? It's podcast, music, what is it? You mean in addition to all the CU Insights podcast? Right, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So a couple things that are on mine, uh, you know, I still have one daughter at home that I'm driving around. I listen to far more K-pop and Top 40 than I ever thought I used to. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of Audible, though. So on the drive-ins, I always try to pick up a book and, and listen on and see what's new and happening. Well, that leads me right into my next question. Any books that you've gifted or maybe just think everybody should read? 
Oh yeah. Well, and I, I'm in the middle of a couple of them right now. I just finished think again by Adam Grant. That was a great one. I am starting one. We actually have a book club at work. It's a lot of fun. Just something to, to talk about with the team about. I started a new one uh, called deep purpose by Ranjal Shrala. That's a good one. And so I've got a couple of them in play right now that I'm working my way through. I love that. Well, we're going to link to those books here for all of our listeners. They can check them out from the show notes. Let's say that the calendar is empty, especially now that you're, a lot of your kids are off at college. What do you do to unwind outside of work? Yeah. So I love to be outdoors. I'm a runner. So I like to run enough to stay in shape. And then, you know, just outdoors things. I love to hike and spend time with nature. So those things, those things keep me busy. And in Minnesota, we enjoy that even more because those fleeting, you know, mid seasons, this fall time is a great one. We were actually in Nebraska visiting family this weekend, spent some time out on the farm and, and really love just being outside. I love that. It's very rejuvenating. Well, we're going to link to everything we've talked about today in the show notes. But Bill, my last question for you is, do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share or final asks of our listeners today? Yeah, I, I do think as we enter some uncertain times, they're, they're inside of here. It's a great It's a great chance for you to get your teams together to think about not only what is, but what could be. Mm-hmm. Because out of each of these changes, there's always kind of pressure points or challenges that we face. But also inside of each one of those are opportunities. And I think this is a great time for people to take a deep breath, look around, get your team together and think about how well are we prepared for what might come and how do we respond for the opportunities that are going to be inside of there? Because we do know that how much um, members rely on their credit unions and with whatever these, you know, whatever state the, the finance, the economy end up in, credit unions are going to only play an important role in helping those members through that. Oh, that is so true. Well, what a perfect way to wrap up the show. We're going to link to Bill's contact information and that of the team at Securian here in the post. So anybody who's interested in engaging with their team more can do that pretty easily. Bill, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a real pleasure having you. And thanks to all of our listeners for tuning into the CU Insight Network podcast. We'll be back again next time.